You're listening to the Titties and Tacos podcast on the Detroit is Different After Dark podcast network. Welcome back to one of the three final episodes of season four. This is Titties and Tacos. I am your host, Sparkle. And I am Tina D. And today's episode is brought to you by the letter X. Fantastic. Which is always hard. I mean, for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you cheat. Yeah. (laughs) Really? You know what cheating does? What just makes it easier? <laughs> really? I mean, that's literally the purpose of it most of the time. What a bitch! I'm just saying. I don't know why you stress yourself up about rules that you made up. Because I made <laughs> them up, and I do not like hypocrisy. Oh, I will not be a hypocrite. If I make no. a rule, I'm going to abide by the rule that was established. Nobody likes a hypocriter. <sighs> You're a jackass, and I'm not about to do this with you today, okay? You literally do this with me every day, though. I should leave here. (laughs) That's what should happen. Oh, look. Order has been restored, because last week was bullshit. (laughs) Huzzah! What a bitch. <laughs> hey, y'all. Y'all came back to this wild. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't even know who listens to the tail end of these seasons. Like, I can't imagine binging the show. And I know that it is done. Shout out to Desire. <laughs> <laughs> but binging this, this show seems like watching the active decline of our enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much not not like an energy but just like we start off we got these this is the topics this is what we're talking about it's together and then the end of the season just like do what you want do all the things you want to do uh and i feel like it's consistently like this by the time we get to the it end. is because we are old <laughs> and tired the fuck what you mean we've done nothing but got gotten older we've just only gotten older <laughs> we've that's only gotten it older. <laughs> That is it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, uh, I will do the tits today because somebody is raggedy. Mm. Anyway, I'm not over it. I don't know if you guys can tell. (laughs) I can. Wow. I literally can dish it and cannot take it. (laughs) Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Anyway. Um, so my tits today are for Megan Peace, which I did not think was her real last name, but apparently it is. Okay. Um, also known as the Vanderbilt Ventriloquist. <laughs> um, a few, maybe like a month, month and a half ago, it was announced that she has made history. Oh, God, please don't rant today. Nobody wants to hear you rant about the every titty of the day, okay? Okay, this is going to be my last one for the season. Just celebrate Black women without marring it with a rant. 
I don't know how to do that because to be a black woman in America is to be constantly enraged. That is that is true. <laughs> James Baldwin was correct, but right. nevertheless, right? Because yeah, exactly. But um, so I no promises. However, she made history very recently as the first black woman puppeteer on Sesame Street. So, yay, shout out to you. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. It's phenomenal. She uh, went to Vanderbilt. She was featured on Oprah Winfrey when she was 15. She loves to puppeteer, which is... I like to see us doing things that normally are held for white spaces, white people. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. However, here's my thing, Sesame Street. It's 2022. Number one. Number two, this bitch has been at it since she was 15. So y'all could have tapped her anytime. And I think the part of the story that really got me is that they, she went and did some sort of program that Sesame Street has. And they've been aware of her since like 2019, definitely before the pandemic. Nigga, why did it take this long? Who in HR need to be fucking fired? Like, what is it? What is the reason? What is the reason? If we could just celebrate this woman, <laughs> Lord. That would be great. She is amazing. She has a degree from Vanderbilt in finance, is what I found out when I did real research, not when I was renting privately. <laughs> she has a degree in finance, does real estate finance, because because puppeteering is not a degree. <laughs> However, <laughs> however, comma, I know the people who were oh, who were moving around these fucking puppets back in the seventy with Jimmy fucking Henson were goddamn homies of his from wherever the fuck. Okay, you can't tell me they went someplace and they were classically I know trained. Where that home was going, but that's where it ended up. You can't tell me that that wasn't just some niggas he knew or niggas he decided to fucking train, and now they are snuffle up against. Like you can't tell me that that's not how that shit goes. So the fact that this is a a decorated, degreed woman did your little fucking programs and it took all this in twenty twenty two. To get her to do this is bullshit. You know why? Because y'all could have just trained her to do it. Like, nobody's gonna die if it's subpar from subpar puppeteering. Okay? Y'all wanna y'all wanna gatekeep shit like, you know, medicine or whatever? Sure. Maybe. Maybe that's a good idea. Because, you know, you could kill somebody. But nobody's going to die from puppeteering, which means you could just train a person to do it on the job. That is the white approach to fucking everything. They apply tons of jobs. White men in particular will just apply to jobs that they're not qualified for. Because honestly, it doesn't matter if you are qualified or not. They got to train you when you get there. It doesn't matter what you know. And yet, Mm -hmm. black women out here constantly knowing fucking everything. Yeah. Just to get to the same place that somebody homeboy got just because they knew them. Yep. Shit's fucking trash, but she is not. She is fucking amazing. She's got a little little black girl character. I can't wait to see how um, much better she does than everybody there because one thing that will happen is she will outshine you hoes. 
and I'm here for it because again she's been doing this since she was 15 publicly since she was 15 and earlier than that I'm sure so congratulations to you Miss Peace and I hope you have nothing but that at your new job and you know I hope there's no micro yay black women (laughs) ventriloquists Jesus Christ. That's my last one of the season. But we Thank only, God. We only have three episodes left. So <laughs> take that as you will. That means I came up with one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, also, I'm gonna just get my topic out of the way today. Cause I don't know what this bitch over here doing. Um, so I'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> Uh, she seems annoyed with me, so that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it could just be me and y'all. Yay! Have a fantastic time. Here we are on letter X, and I'm gonna disrespect it yet again. Every fucking season. <laughs> that's why every fucking season. <laughs> She's fucking mad. As if this bitch don't know how to like she wasn't born in 1797 and learned in the first fucking Webster's dictionary how to use the X section. I don't understand this. <laughs> bitch, you were goddamn here when they came when Daniel Webster wrote the motherfucking dictionary. Why you refuse to use it? I do not understand. You just want to goddamn chat my ass every fucking season. (laughs) That is what you do. That's what you set out to fucking do. I can neither confirm nor deny these. You just want to piss me off. I think fucking cunt bucket. I think it's unnecessary. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. So upset. Can I just do my episode? Yes, please. Regale us, bitch. Okay, so my ex is for exuberant praise. Raggedy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You are my life's disappointment. And this is the duplicitousness <laughs> of this relationship. Was she not on the last one singing exuberant <laughs> praise about a bitch? Now and you I'm, are a disappointment. Now I'm a disappointment. Oh, you are the no. fucking disappointing is of disappointment. <laughs> At least I won. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, you didn't even let me finish. Go the ahead. Topic. Go the ahead. The topic is exuberant praise that should be hard but sometimes you know try a little bit it helps mm-hmm. Um, so it's very short and sweet so I hope you have your shit together because this is a very short thing this I'm is not good. a topic oh I'm good I'm okay. good okay that's fine because um, I'm gonna just rant for my topic so oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ranty today now who's ranty I'm ranty alright we can just have a rantastic time except that is not what my topic's about <laughs> it's about just the opposite but no um this was just a thought I was having recently because we have experienced a bunch of ridiculous life events outside of this podcast which is always a ridiculous life event so don't get it twisted this is always a part of it but in this time in this life be life in time um I think it's crazy that and and effectual but also crazy 
that the thing that has, let's say, righted the ship or course corrected all of the different situations, because there's been many, that always starts with some version of just, excuse me, just praise and worship time. And I used to think that shit was a joke. Let's start there. Let's start with where I started. Okay. I used to really, I remember actively, like, moving from, why the hell is that the answer? Like, there's a bunch of shit going on. (laughs) And I'd rather have a discussion, even if it's with just Jesus, or a discussion with other, you know, more tangible folks Mm -hmm. about what to do. Than that. And then I remember that being the advice that I was given by, you know, the elders around me at the time. I remember then trying it and then doing it very rotely and almost defiantly, like, okay, I'm in a bad space. I'm gonna turn on some brain music. Mm-hmm. That's like how- when I told you I used to, my mom used to make me take showers and I would just in defiance, I would go sit in the bathroom with the water running uh-huh. until I realized one day. Your ass could just be taking a <laughs> you shower could just take- instead of sitting here on the toilet seat while it the water was- ran. Exactly. So it became a thing. It went from just thinking it's ridiculous to a thing that I was just doing out of being told that's what to do, but mm-hmm. never a thing that I really held on to until, you know, life started to get r- real hard. Mm-hmm. And then now, or not even now. So even at that point, like nothing worked and I was just looking to be consoled. Mm. And I think only recently has, have I been able to wield it as the intended weaponry that it is. Mm. Okay. I think I had gotten so far in it where I use it as the blanket. Like shit is, or in actual praise, like sometimes things are good, uh, you know, at, once in a blue moon, things are wonderful. And so, outside of that, because that part's easy, I think the only hard times that I use it is more like, I just need to be consoled or I need to be comforted. So I'll use, I'll sing these songs and do this praise, this worship, just to feel warm. Mm-hmm. You know? But recently in moving forward it has become more of a thing it has become an intentional thing and more uh more like the thing that i'm sure these older wiser people were telling me to do with it in the first place and i would like to first start with if i'm eight I am not going to look at praise the same way that Absolutely you are. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> like, I need more context. Yes. Okay. The reason you can look at me, seasoned saint, yes. and say, oh, girl, praise is the answer. Get into your prayer closet. Well, first of all, hold on. Let's, let's, it's, it's not, so it is praise, but like I share at Momentum and Merlot, what happens is you go from Fred Hammond's Dance Like David mm-hmm. to, Israel Holden's uh, spontaneous worship. I worship you to live. It becomes worship. Right. And the worship is the praise, but it changes. Yeah. Because the praise music is the, we about to, you know, Kirk Franklin stomp. We're going to go on the bar and sing melodies from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nigga, it's the worship music right. that puts you in that place of praise in right. real life. And, right. the, and the praise gets you excited. But it's the worship that focus you, focuses you and centers you. Right. And so... Even so, in that let's let's take it as more as the worship music in the part that part of it. Like I wish, and there's probably no way to do it, which is why you just have to live life and continue to see God at all. Yeah, because I already know what you about to say. Yeah, no. like I just wish somebody could explain to me, like you know, this is the answer. You should just keep trying. So that's why my topic is, you know. It's hard, but just try it until it kind of clicks. Like, because that's the reality of it. And I think for the type of person I am, I feel like I could have took that in a little bit more. I don't think that's the right thing to say to a kid. Like, listen, just try it. It's like there's a scripture about praise being continually in your mouth. And I, you know, I always thought that was sapphic, but okay. Right. Like, Like, what? (laughs) I mean, what kind of praise we saw? <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. Ooh, I don't know why he let us do this show. <laughs> you talk about questions I have with when I want set foot in the door. <laughs> this has now become my number one question. I'm not it, well. I might detour to go whoop Eve's ass a little bit, but what I tell you about that? I know, but... That is not on her. <laughs> that is failed leadership. If you're gonna have a husband and he's supposed to be leading you and respecting you as an equitable partner, but nevertheless the head of this ship, because somebody gotta be steering it correctly, <laughs> then nigga, your fault. I ate this apple, bitch. We on the wrong line. <laughs> Don't have me on the side chick rant. These bitches owe you nothing. <laughs> That motherfucker made them vows to you. <laughs> Beat his ass. Okay. Direct the rage accordingly. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right, fair. But it has definitely jumped up to the top thing I need to investigate when I get oh, to the other side. Oh, why we were allowed to do this? A nigga. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because it is a lot that happens in here. <laughs> yeah. And it's just allowed to rock. Exhibit like, praise. Exhibit praise. Go back. Okay. Go back. Go back. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, say it right, <laughs> but but um, life be hard. It, 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 it is, <laughs> and to to tell somebody to just get into a praise and worship space when all of their shit is falling apart sounds ridiculous. Um, it, it can sound it, uh, cold and sterile. Too. Yeah, cold, sterile, trite. That's it's my attached. Fa- that's my favorite way to hear you describe it. Like it just yeah, seems it trite. Seems trite. Yeah, and. It can seem that way even when it's you telling you that. Yes. That, and I think it seems the most ridiculous. sometimes, like, let's be real. Sometimes it's like, fuck God. <laughs> Girl. Like, for real. Like, shit be up. You know, yes. it be up and it be stuck. Yeah. Like, nigga. <laughs> you, my nigga. Like, that's when it's real. Yeah. My nigga. Help me. Nigga. Like, <laughs> boss, you have let me down. <laughs> And the thing, I, I literally told Jesus yesterday, you let Nas down. Did I not tell you? I thought I you said did. that. I'm like, nigga, you let Nas down. You did. Like, we, what the fuck? And you know me and the type of person I am. Immediately, I'm like, fuck that nigga. <laughs> we ride together. We die together. We go to hell together. <laughs> like, I can't go. So it's like, fine. nigga. Like, luckily, we can't and will not. It's by the grace of God. It is. It's full grace that we continue to exist and persist. 
we got to be some of his worst kids. <laughs> Nigga, we are, like, if we get up there and he put us in Section 8 housing, bitch, I'm like, I ain't even going to say nothing. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to just be happy to be there. Like, I will live in the shack on the side. I, like, am, nigga, am I like $25 a month? The fuck I'm upset about? I ain't upset about shit. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Car party at our crib. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, we are <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> but no, honestly, though, it is a. It, it. I think I've just come to the point where I realize it's true. Though, if you simply practice it as a thing, yeah. it will. It will just grow. Like it's just. It will just grow because it has no choice because you have nurtured it. Yeah. So even if it's dumb, even if you feel dumb and look dumb while you do it. Yes. You know, because there, mm-hmm. there was a lot of those points just even in this last week where I'm like, this sounds dumb. Yeah, me too. This seems like a dumb exercise. Or I feel like I'm being led to to do this because I started with my ounce of, of prayer, praise, and worship in the morning. And I'm told to do something that don't match what the request was. The request is over here and the the um action item is over here mm-hmm. that I'm told to do. Mm-hmm. So what are we and doing? And you know what we talked about in um in, in Momentum Memorlo, um we talked about uh lean not uh Proverbs 1825 and you know leaning not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him mm-hmm. and the Lord will direct your path. And so the example that I gave was basically you know, what you lean on is what you believe your support is. And so we use the example of a, you know, rusty, dusty metal folding chair that is not as secure as like a big, sturdy, um, you know, wing back chair, fancy mm-hmm. pure one, you know, cigar room wing back chair. And with, so with all of the, you know, beautiful brown leather upholstery and the mm-hmm. tufted buttons and all the things, you know, that get me excited. And, you know, how the, what the difference is between those chairs and how you know that one, you can literally set all your weight on it and it won't move. Yeah. It can hold you. And the other, it's like, you might lean on that motherfucker wrong and end up, you right. know, in, in needing a hip replacement. So that, that shit collapse on you. Yeah. And so, you know, you talk about praise being that wingback chair because it is a thing that can support you mm-hmm. um, when you honestly are without words. It is one of the better things just keep praise in your mouth keep praise in your heart it's one of the things that definitely will um direct you and center you back to what god wants you to do and who he wants you to be in that space Mm -hmm. and recenter and reset that heart posture because a lot of the times you know we say it's not you know about the waiting it's about how you wait yeah on whatever it is you believe in god for Mm -hmm. um so for me especially this this past week some shit ain't work out (laughs) (laughs) big shit ain't work out and i'm like okay yeah. And she and I are like, mm, okay. And, you know, where mm. are we at with Jesus? I actually, what's funny about our relationship is, it's one of those, like, super advocate relationships. It depends on who's being done wrong in, yeah. the, in the moment. Who's, who's Usually the here? other person is far angrier than the person who Absolutely. has been wronged. Every single time. <laughs> no so, doubt. The person who's been wronged is always the calm. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> so you were up in arms. Were I like, was. You were at odds. I was at odds with that nigga for a smooth two <laughs> hours of this, this conversation. <laughs> but what I will say is exuberant praise um, leads to being 
driven back to to a desire to see God's understanding. And I think in seeking that understanding, you know, we're able to get a different perspective of whatever God is trying to do, which mm-hmm. ultimately is the calming, Susan thing. Because didn't you say, I feel like, like I'm calm. I, this is the first time my flesh is calmed. <laughs> right. That's what you said. Yes. Because that was the thing you finally, like, because it was, a, it was a long conversation. And then at some point, there was a bit of understanding reached that you shared with me. And I felt it. I felt whatever was burning fiery deep inside, like square up, nigga, because you're not going to do my bitch like this. <laughs> <laughs> this her talking to Jesus, y'all. <laughs> Listen. Yes. Because... <laughs> He knows me and between you and my mama. I was in labor and my mama, I was in labor too many hours for her. And I think about that 69th hour. I she was like, I look. think about this so much. She sat down. So she talked to Jesus and was like, I don't give a fuck what you do with your son. <laughs> I don't care how you do your children. You want to throw, you throw your boy up on the cross? That's your business. <laughs> you better get my, my child need to be about this shit though. <laughs> Shout out to my BFF, dog. <laughs> Ain't nothing better. You know, like that. But it be like that, though. You watch somebody you love, you know, being taken through the ringer. And and then I think to watch that person remain um, in God and remain yeah. to the best of their ability, you know, unmoved and and still. Because I had lost my prayer. I, I had prayed all the prayer. I told you. I said, I have, each, I have reached the end of praying. I can't pray anymore. I told you to stop. And you told me to stop. And so what I, and I did. And so what I did then was I just started singing songs. I just mm-hmm. literally was just praising mm-hmm. in my, and musically praising, you know. And that was a, that was kind of where I just decided I was going to be. Yeah. And I think, I think, and this is, this is probably just my final point on it. I think regardless what I like about it and what is easy, even for whether you're eight or 88 is to start with just that song, to start with just the praise, even if it's a little bit, even if it's hard, oftentimes it's just the easiest, simplest, and most effective way to start regardless of what's going on. Yeah. And so, you know, eventually you'll get to exuberant. Exuberant is there just because we're on X and I needed something. But But see, I don't think it is just there for that reason. I think it's there because it's intentionally supposed to be there. And not because you start there. I think what happens is if you're able to demonstrate um, you know, when I when having done all stand, when you're able to still stand in the midst of any storm, I think what happens is that God will supernaturally energize you. That's true. Which is what it says in Ezekiel. Like it'll, you know, it, that's the prayer part of prayer we pray. Yeah. You know, through through that power, I'm supernaturally energized. And yeah. that's what happens. And it goes from nigga, I'm just here so I won't get fine to exuberant. Right. It goes up to it goes to fire shot up. Yeah, in my because bones. you know, <laughs> longer trying to do this in your own strength. Yeah. I think that it is um, catapulted, you know, uh, because of the fact that you were able and you made the decision to just just still try to be there no matter how shitty things have gotten. <laughs> it, no matter how shitty you are in the space. Yeah. Did I say all of those things to the actual Lord and Savior that I believe in? Yeah. Yes. 
But in that time, it doesn't matter because all he asks is for you as a person. I'm like, oh, okay. She never told and me you, that. And you know what? Like in 48 <laughs> hours. No, maybe. How much? We don't math. I don't. I don't know. What's today? Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, about 48 hours. I think I've gone from feeling like, and I'm I'm sharing this with you for the first time. Yeah. I think I have gone, with, gone from feeling like the kid who was left on the porch waiting for the absentee father to show up to a grown person mm-hmm. with some understanding of a father who is sovereign and knows more than she does. Yeah. And so that dilutes that abandonment feeling and it mm-hmm. and it um reconciles any trauma response. Yeah. Because like you said, that understanding just naturally shifts mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. It's in getting the understanding that you don't feel like this was just some bullshit for no reason. Yeah. Bullshit for naught is what I say. Yeah. You know, but having that understanding and perspective that, you know, maybe not only is this intentional, but here's maybe why. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to know exactly why shit happens. I don't even want to say that. But to have something that's spiritually and logically kind of aligned, Mm -hmm. you kind of have peace about it. Jesus ain't interrupted your conversation and said, no, that ain't it. Mm Mm-hmm gives you some type of insight to cling to and feel like, yeah. well, maybe I wasn't just fucked over by Jesus. Because <laughs> I know what it feels like to feel like that. Like, I done sat up here and prayed. I done played John P. Key. I done got them put something in the offering bucket. I didn't cuss this person out because I'm trying to live right. right. I done held on to a little bit of faith I got and this shit still did not fucking work out. Yeah. And that is the one thing that will run you away that will say, you don't give a fuck about me. You yep. don't care about me. I don't yep. know why I'm trying to do this shit in the first fucking place. Mm-hmm. This person over there who don't give a fuck about you is thriving. Thriving. There's always, thriving. There's always one They have them. no desire to connect to you at all. And I'm trying. And they're having a wonderful time. And my life is in shambles. Yep. And I think then God is like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. Yeah. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I hear you. It's okay. I'm, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. Go ahead and holler. You can yeah. yell. Because I'm still good. I'm still working this thing out for your good. And when you feel like a thing has let you down or disappointed you or devastated you or even destroyed you, depending on the severity of the thing, mm-hmm. I think it is in his grace. And it says, my grace is sufficient, made perfect in weakness. Yeah. So it's in those moments that he does find a way to comfort you, to give you some perspective that actually grants you some peace, that gives you enough strength to l- l- cling to him long enough for the situation to work out on your behalf. Right. Like, it's a lot of fucking moving pieces. It's a lot of fucking moving pieces. And all you can really do is allow yourself to be moved. To show up and allow yourself to be moved. Yeah. My, one of my favorite scriptures right now, and I think it's in First Thessalonians, is simply, and I've, you heard me say this a bunch of times this summer, is don't drift. Yeah. That's all it says. It says don't drift. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important because we will. We will allow ourselves to be moved by something not working out the way we thought. But it is so important to understand and surrender your timing and your timeline. Yeah. Ain't that crazy how that just kind of came back around? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's important to surrender your yeah. timeline and, yeah. and, and your plan. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it talks about only a fool follows his own plans. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you a fool? Are you a fool? Only a fool follows his plans. A wise man follows the plans of God. Which are you going to be? You going to be dumb? Are you dumb? (laughs) How many black mamas have said that? 
to somebody in the last 30 seconds. If Johnny had six motherfucking apples, <laughs> are you done? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that's it. That's my exuberant praise. Exuberant praise. Sex with chocolate. <laughs> Sex. That boy good. <laughs> Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Again, hope you can pull something good out of that. <laughs> over to you, Sparkle. <laughs> oh, my God. My shit just is all over the fucking place. So, you know, good luck to us today. Here's Sparkle with sports. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a good transition. <laughs> because right now, right now in the good old U.S. of A., they are trying to goddamn dunk books in the trash. <laughs> my ex... I don't know what I thought she was going to say, but sure. My ex is for x-ray. Okay. And we're going to examine <laughs> this bullshit. Wow. Uh-huh, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I pulled it off. She pulled it out her ass, but she pulled it I off. I pulled it off my ass, but I pulled it off nonetheless. Nonetheless, nonetheless. It's very loosely tied knot, Ooh, but I let her have it. Listen, that is a reach as a reach, but we're going to go ahead. <laughs> go reach if I ever heard one. We're going to examine... Um, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna take take some x-rays and look at what is happening right now educationally in this country um, regarding my most favorite thing, which is literature. Um, y'all know I write, I write for a living and my degree is in journalism. I have always been an avid reader and a lover of language. I love, I just love words. Um, and I love books. I, I especially love YA books, which is young author books. Hmm. Um, the books that your elementary kids are reading. All of their chapter books, the Judy Bloom books, um, it, uh, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, Walk Two Moons, um, Hey, uh, Dear God, It's Me, Margaret, like all of the Number of the Stars, all of these books that we grew up reading oh, that are still classics, that have won Newbery Awards. I love young adult literature because, I say young author, young adult literature, because that is where we get the foundational um, understanding of of life, of morality, of ethics, of of different communities, of how the world works, and we we be, we form our viewpoints early on, and a lot of it comes from the discourse surrounding these books. So my ex, the X ray, the thing that we are examining actually is the banning of books. So right now, I know a lot of people have been paying attention. And if you haven't been paying attention, pay attention. Because this not only affects us as adults, it affects our children. And the children, obviously, are the fucking future. A lot of that is unfortunate because some of these kids dumb as hell. Um, but that's okay. because the adults around them allow them to be. So let's fix that. Um, the other thing, as an aside, two things we should be paying attention to. One, Brett Favre stole $5 million from the citizens, the poor citizens of Mississippi, yes, to did. build a gymnasium for his daughter's volleyball team. That is important because these are some of the topics that are not being talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And they talked about Mike Vick and them fucking dogs. They talked about Colin taking a knee, but they're not talking about this fucking white man who stole from poor people to yep. build something as frivolous as a gym. They're also not talking about these banning of books the way that they need to be. You know who's talking about them? The same people who are always talking about them, the educators in this country. Yep. My mother is a retired teacher and I have a lot of teacher friends both who some of who were my teacher teachers and some who are my peers and so I have a lot of them on my my news feed 
on both uh, Instagram and Facebook talking about this and they're you know they're talking about how they're having to in certain uh i think missouri is one of them texas is obviously always being discussed educationally teachers are packing up their libraries in their room one teacher packed up 1600 books because they have now asked them to document as if they don't have enough time they're working when they get home like they don't have their own families husbands and children they ask them to document every single book in their classroom and write what it's about and submit it to their administration to make sure that it has approval for being a book that can be in their lab in their library. Let me read to you some of the books they have banned and the reasons for the banning of them. The fucking Lorax. Why? The Lorax was banned because they said um, it is being it, it is a, a anti-logging, like the logging community. Okay. Like, you mean people that take down trees? Yes. Hop on Pop was banned for encouraging children to use violence against their fathers. <laughs> First of all, the event. <laughs> Go ahead. That shouldn't be funny, but it's hilarious to me because it almost sounds like when you're making shit up, so you make up an, enough other shit where people can't find, like, the real thing. Yeah, that's that exactly doing. what's happening. Yeah, because so, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> something happened in our town, which if you have not purchased this book for your kid, it's a hardback book. And it talks about it talks about um, police brutality. And mm-hmm. it talks about, but it's a white character. It's a white little girl and a, and a black little boy. And there's a very honest conversation, an age-appropriate conversation that happens. It was banned for being anti-police. Shell Silverstein, Shell Silverstein, Light in the Attic, Where the Sidewalk Ends, Where the Sidewalk Ends was banned for drug reference, suicide, death, and disrespect for truth and authority. Wow. Wow. Uh, Disrespect for truth and authority. A poetry book for kids called Woke, A Young Poet's Call to Justice, was banned for promoting terrorism. Oh, it's okay. a voice for black children. Um, the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz was banned for depicting women in strong leadership positions. Um, Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, oh, okay. this, this is real. And so, this is so happening in what state? I, well, this is all over the country right now. Okay. So, so a lot of these are on are like federal, like on national um, book banning lists. This happens to be a section, though. Uh, one of these bookstores created a whole section because librarians and people, booksellers who are just wonderful, magical humans mm. are finding every way they can to stop this from happening. Mm-hmm. Um a Wrinkle in Time was banned for opposing Christian beliefs and teaching occult practices. <laughs> Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry was banned for harsh depictions of racism. Harsh depictions of racism. Not that racism was harsh, but just... Depicting, but it's depicted harshly. It's depicted harshly. And use of racial slurs. Oh. You called me a nigga. Right. And you mad. Because I'm I saying down that you called call me, call me a nigga. nigga. Okay. Okay, cool. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was banned for graphic violence, mysticism, and gore. Let me let me just tell you what... <laughs> gore? First of all, C.S. Lewis is one of the most prolific Christian authors to mm-hmm. ever write anything. Mm-hmm. The lion, the, al- the Christian allegory in mm-hmm. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is literally showing Aslan's power against the witch yes. and symbolically Christianity's power against heretics and non believers. Yep. 
And the fact that it's powerful even from a distance, like it is it is meant to demonstrate the power of Satan against the and and, and uh, capitulating to the goodness of Jesus. Yeah. Like it talks about sin and temptation <laughs> and the end of the law and beginning of freedom. It literally is. Oh, <sighs> uh, I just <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand this. Junie B. Jones. And the smelly, stupid bus was banned for promoting bad behavior. Captain, the adventures of Captain Underpants was banned for promoting bad behavior. Here's the deal. Children read what's interesting to them. That's how you create a reader. A lot of people try to make kids read what they think that they should read. One of the best, quickest ways to create an early reader is let them read what they want to read. If your kid yeah. want to read Soap Opera Digest, let them. As yeah. long as it's not, you know, inappropriate. Right. If they want to grab a, a cookbook, let them. Yeah. Let them read whatever they gravitate to. So if it's yeah. Captain Underpants, and it has already obviously gone through boards to be approved for a certain age group, then let them read Captain Underpants. Yeah. And then guess what you get to do as a parent? You get to sit down and have a conversation <laughs> with this kid about, yo, did you think that that was right? How he, you right. know, knocked everything off the table. Right. To take, to, to first of all, to me, book banning means a denial of First Amendment rights, which I, y'all have heard me say a bunch of fucking times because I'm obviously anti-censorship. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm one, I did not work for the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, but if I was one of those brave, prolific writers who, journalists who were able to do so, I too would go to prison before announcing my fucking sources to people. That is how strongly I believe in that. Right. And in that voice and being able to have that. And reading gives kids a voice. Yep. Reading gives kids perspective. It helps them develop an opinion, a healthy one at that. Mm-hmm. Because without it, you have a narrow worldview and psychological deficits. That's what they want, though. And, but that's that is the what they want. That's the that's the goal. If because the internet has really made it difficult to control the thing because you have a bunch of people who did read that can then converse with people who didn't read yes. and be like, hey, did, did you know that that's bullshit that yes. you're talking about? Yes. And then you have all this sharing of information and I think that was on the show. That wasn't a private conversation we had where I said the problem is is that these niggas didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're in right now. Here's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. For the classroom, book banning means discourse is hindered. That's what we were talking about. Yep. And so these effects are taken into account and solutions are presented when you're allowed to read books together. They are presented to help foster culture, community, and conversation. So without that, yeah, how do you develop a sense of ethics and standards? We don't. How do you even know what is morally acceptable or not? When you pair... The lack of exposure, the the lack of safe exposure to other things, right? You impair yes. that by not having access to books. Yes. Um, that talk about it because maybe I'm too shy to ask this girl, or maybe I was raised that it's rude to just blatantly ask this young girl why she's wearing a hijab. But if I saw it in a book, we can talk about it. About we it, can talk I can about talk it. Talk about it. Taking books away literally does more damage than it does good. Mm-hmm. Most ban most of the books that that they choose to ban anyway mm-hmm. usually focus on topics that have been um, historically important, yeah. are realistic, are timeless, and taking that option away mm-hmm. takes away awareness. Yep, it hinders awareness. 
And, you know, there, there's this argument of, well, children shouldn't be exposed to sex, violence, and drug use. Um, Hi, they have tablets. Every kid I know has either an Amazon Fire or an iPad. Yep. They have YouTube. They have television. They have other friends. They come in contact with other kids in school who may be exposed to different things. If you don't think your kid knows about sex or drugs or violence, <laughs> most of them play fucking video games. Right. Get the fuck out of here. But, you, but you're keeping them from books? Yeah. From books. Yep. It's just, ugh, I, I, I don't know. There, there, to me, there's absolutely no reason to ban a book. Some books may be too explicit or disturbing for young children, but generally they wouldn't even choose that type of book. And if they did, the parents could discuss or monitor that. But to say, but to create mm-hmm. a list of banned books, mm-hmm. I just, I can't. You, you've decided, again, it, it just seems like an active concerted effort to try to regain control that they felt was lost when you allow people, you allowed other people, the others yeah, to learn too much, become too stable yeah, and gain too much quote unquote ground. Yeah. That's it. What they used to say um, if you want to hide something from a nigger put it in the book. Yep. And I guess what we did? We went and got the books. Yeah. Now no, they're trying to take the books away. Because they should die. When books are play a quintessential role in, in the life of everybody, especially kids. That's where do you think like that that is the introduction to a world of imagination. Mm-hmm. It is an introduction to knowledge. It is an introduction to being exposed to the outside world. How many low income children will never be able to travel until they get good and grown and can pay for it themselves? But books literally are they, they transport you to a world outside of your own. And to take that away is to take the world away from these kids. Well, they gotta do something because their own children are not picking up books anymore. And guess what? That's their fucking problem. It is. But instead of working on that, we're going to make it your problem. Yeah. So I, you know, shout out to like all of the libraries all over the world. Um, The Brooklyn Library has given, has given access to every student across the country um they are giving every single person a library card who wants one and they made books available to ebooks available to teens for free so if your teen wants a library card wants to read books they can get a library card digitally a library card from the brooklyn new york library and get access to all of the ebooks, all of the audiobooks, and check those out. And they are, it's tons of banned books that they are suggesting or recommending um, for your kids to read. That's actually going to be my life hack. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I'll have to come up with another one. <laughs> I was <laughs> about to say, that was my life hack. Gave that away. Life, you do life hack? That's early. okay. I'm so fucking, I'm just so impassioned about this. I love to read. Um, I love what books do. I love the fact that they open up relationship, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to yeah. sit down with your children and have conversations. Uh, one of my favorite books, my godmother did this with, with me when I turned 13. She gave me The Watsons Go to Birmingham. And mm-hmm. it was my my first, um, in literature, my first uh, 
uh, introduction, I guess, to racism mm. and to learning about um, the bombing of the, the the church bombing that killed the four little black girls. Mm-hmm. That was so. This was happening through the eyes of a thirteen year old boy who was traveling on a summer vacation to Alabama. Mm. And when he got there, this is one of the things that happened. And as a 13-year-old, you get to see how he deals with it in this book and how Mm. his family talks to him in this book. And it is one of the most impactful books I've ever read in my life. And I was 13 when she gave it to me. Or or I was about maybe maybe 12 when she gave it to me. And Mm. we discussed the Watsons go to Birmingham. And I plan on buying that same book when my daughter turns 12 and doing the same thing with her. And I like that it's something that can be traditional. And it's something that, Mm. you know, I can't, like I said, it opens up relationship. Especially if you're a parent struggling to connect with your kid. You know, yeah. maybe you don't see your kids as often or maybe your kids are at an age where they doing their own thing, you doing your own thing. But you can go into a Barnes & Noble and find something together and let them pick what that is. Let them pick that book. And then both mm. of y'all buy two of them. And now we can read this together. And as an adult, you can you can find a, the, pull, you know, pull out the, the lessons and the morals and formulate questions. No matter what it is, it could be fantasy. Yeah. It could be Star Wars, Star Trek. You know, it could be because whatever. Fantastical nat- beasts. Right. Because the nature of writing a story is... They're the same tropes. It's yeah. the same tropes over and over. There's a start. Yeah. There's a quest. There's yeah. a call to action. There's, there's yep. the same thing you can pull from any of that. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. So, you know, it just creates that that intimacy between people by being able to share, you know, common themes and, and figuring yeah. out where... Where the good lie. There's always good and evil. Where the where the good and the bad lie in every story. And I th- I just think that is extremely fundamental and foundational to having a society of just good people. Oh man, wouldn't that be nice? But that makes me sound idealistic and I'm aware of that. So best we can do is is ban banning books. <laughs> <laughs> Ban banning, which books. is the hashtag all the librarians are using right now. Ban wow. book banning is actually what I think it is. Ban book banning. Okay. So yes, ban book banning. That is my ex X ray. Right. Take a look at yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> you did it. I did it. Good job. Well, I have a life hack. <laughs> I Sur- don't. <laughs> Surprise <laughs> and bonus points. This life hack I found myself, as I told y'all I would inform you if it ever happens. Mm. Ta-da! Well, congrats, bitch. Eh, hold your congratulations. Uh. So <laughs> that's scary. Um, so I was on Twitter of all places, which I don't go there because it's a hellscape. And um, like every elder millennial, I only find TikToks through other social media platforms. So this was actually a TikTok. From a person, um, an Asian person who gave the hack for picking a good Chinese restaurant in any city, regardless of where you go. And he calls it the 3.5 star rule. So if you are looking on Yelp for a Chinese restaurant and you're not in your home place where you know where the spots are, um, he recommends go on Yelp, but only go two Chinese restaurants that have 3.5 star. Here's the reasoning. If it's less than 3.5, the food is probably generally disgusting. But if it's over 3.5, the food is not authentic. And it's white. And it's white. Mm -hmm. And the service is a little too good Mm -hmm. to give you the food that you really deserve. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I love this. Um, I would also say apply this to any Coney Island. Honestly, you're looking for a solid two, five to three. <laughs> Shit slap. Because white people don't know about that. Um, they don't like being called hun and waiting for <laughs> 50 hours and only bringing cash. They get offended with that. Whatever. I know that that means that uh, Miss Dorothy is back there and she gonna make sure I got the extra hot fries. So, Mm-mm-mm-mm. what I'm saying to you is, for sure, looking for a good Chinese restaurant, possibly a Coney Island if you're in the D. Um, but for sure, use the 3.5 rule on Yelp. Anything over three and a half stars, you're not getting what you can get. And that's it. That's my hack. Okay. Well, my life hack mm-hmm. is about zippers. You know, I'm always fucking up. <laughs> it's always a zipper or the string that got caught up inside the sweatpants. Y'all know I'm always trying to, I'm always fucking up. Why are you up. always fucking <laughs> stuck in something? I don't know. I'm always in a romper. I need somebody to get me out of the pee in the bathroom or I got to get a safety pin to pull the other string out the, out the damn sweatpants or hoodie. So this is now because I done fucked up too many zippers. And I have, on two of my favorite hoodies, a fucking zipper then came off. Wow. So if a zipper comes off of a sweater, take the zipper and slip the zipper itself onto the tines of a fork. So one in one side, one in the other. And then take both of your hands, one on one side of the hoodie, one on the other side of the hoodie, and you slide the sweater track through the zipper that is on the tines of the fork. And that's how you get your zipper back onto your hoodie. Interesting. (laughs) Yep, and it works. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was going to have a comment, but you know what? I'm going to release you fine, people. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Going to release them? Were they in detention? I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. The doors of the church about to be open. Shut y'all ready for up. y'all ready for the benediction? Oh, we forgot to do communion. Oh, we. I know. Oh, they don't even listen to this show. They don't even know they listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they don't listen. To this oh shit. God, that would not make sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, except <laughs> shout out to Liz. <laughs> hey, girl. And Ashley, she just started listening. Oh. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, momentum in my life is over. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Get us out of here. Get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> I need to go. Did you steal my lotion? No, that one's mine. Oh, we just okay. use the same one all the time. Because, why not? Um, this is the end of the episode, y'all. Because <laughs> we've already moved on to our day-to-day, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by the letter X and the phenomenal titties of Miss Peace, the Vanderbilt. Megan Peace. Megan Peace. The Vanderbilt Ventriloquist. Shout out to you, girl. Go be amazing. Fuck them white people. Um, we said what we said. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, you can find this episode and all the other ones on. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitchers, and iTunes. 
on Spotify and iTunes, you can rate us. Here's the thing. You can only rate us five stars. I'm sorry. That's how that works. Um, anything that's not five stars, you can 100% keep that shit because we don't want it. Um, follow us on the socials. And by the socials, we mean the ones for the elderly which is <laughs> the elderly, <laughs> the season socials, the season socials, which is Facebook and Instagram. Anything else we do not have. So don't try. Um, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss um, the last few of these episodes. And it's going to be real important because then we're going on hiatus till we come back and you're not going to know unless you subscribe. So you, you should uh, do that. Share it with other people so they can have joy or at least laughter and until next week eat some tacos exuberantly rub some titties and we will see you (laughs) next week bye bye guys (laughs) you're listening to the detroit is different after dark podcast network